Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs. A couple golden nuggets we're trying to share with you today. Thankfully, we do have Mr. Dan here. Hey, Dan Reyes and Max. Oh, that was exciting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always great to have you here, Max. Very excited and very appreciative of our guest here, Nicole. She has developed CheddarUp. It's a uh, middleware fintech, sits on top of a payment platform for nonprofits to help them uh, scale their businesses more effectively. Nicole, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got here? Sure. So co-founder, CEO of CheddarUp. I have started CheddarUp about... I don't know, nine, 10 years ago. So I've been doing it for a while. Prior to that, I was in management consulting, worked for the Accentures and KPMGs of the world. Then right after that was working for a fintech company when I had two little kids in school and I was writing a lot of checks and filling out a lot of forms and just felt like there was a real gap in the market as it related to payments and and groups and nonprofits trying to collect payments and information efficiently. So just was kind of crazy enough to say, let's go solve it. And 10 years later, we're still doing the same thing and we're we're really successful at it. How did you solve it? How did you solve that problem? Well, when I was confronted with just kind of the issue, right? Writing a lot of checks, filling a lot of forms. 10, 10 years ago, payments and fintech was a lot different, but the core issue is still the same. Really yeah, different. Fintech is like one of those things that that moves very fast. Yeah, you're right. It is one of those things that moves really fast. I will say the market we're serving, it moves just a little bit less fast. They're a little slower to adopt. Think about who we serve. It's you know, schools, PTAs, foundations, Girl Scout troops, teams, HOAs. We call them kind of the junior varsity with, you know, all, all good intentions, but kind of the junior varsity collectors of the world. They're not a business that has really established collecting needs. They're also not an, an individual, you know, kind of paying back their friend. So we sort of sit in the middle of like the squares and PayPal's and the Venmo's of the world. But anyway, back then I really felt like the world needed kind of an evite like organizational tool that was really focused on groups and payments and forms and information. So we created that platform. I mean, we were constantly innovating it, um, constantly evolving it to make it what our users need it to be. And they really do love it. I We just went to a couple of events. There's nothing like going to a couple of events to really feel the love. Then we went to a state PTA event in Texas and then a big Girl Scout convention. And it was just really rewarding to hear how much people love and appreciate and rely upon Shutter Up. That is cool. That's got to be very rewarding. How did you, do you have a tech background? Did you, how did you spearhead the development of this platform? I do not have a tech pl- uh, background. I kind of do at this point, but not an engineer, just found really great savvy engineers to help me build it. And of course, you know, being a non-technical founder, that, you know, that had some bumps along the way in the early years. It's hard to know what you need and what those people, what kind of talents and skills those people need to have. Um, so learned a lot as on that regard, but now we have a really, you know, great tech team and just a, a big learning curve on that. Finding someone that you trust, someone that can communicate as well as write code, all the things. Do you use in-house developers? Do you hire those people directly or do you use outsourced freelancers? We use a little bit of both. That's nice. Yeah. A little bit of both. But what challenges, <laughs> what cha- What was like, would you say the biggest challenge you faced in your journey for the last 10 years developing your organization? Oh gosh, so many. Um, 
you know, fundraising wasn't a fun activity for me. I know it's it's not usually people's favorites, but it was particularly out of my comfort zone. So I'd say in the early years, that was something that I had to kind of lean into, to say the least. How much did you raise? We raised $2.2 million. We haven't raised since... 2017. We're pretty capital efficient at this point, but yeah, that's what we raised. That's a good raise. That's, that's yeah, a it's, good amount of startup capital. It's totally fine. I mean, there's so much, I don't know, there's a lot of ways to think about how much, how much money did you raise. In the early days, like, well, for me, you can get really caught up on that as a founder, you know, oh, they just raised a big round and you can kind of get insecure in your head about that. I realized like actually after the whole fundraising time in San Francisco, it was healthier for me and more beneficial for me to run my business by not being focused on that kind of stepping out of the startup scene for a little while. I think it can be pretty distracting. And uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of pretty proud of the fact that we only raised 2.2 million because we're growing a really healthy company at this point. Well, I think you said capital efficiency. That's not a term you throw around it's like dirty language down in san francisco well you know? no it totally is oh. it totally is how gross well, and some, you're some... making more than you spend ew <laughs> <laughs> and we're based in denver so i mean once i got back to denver and I, we ended up raising most of our money from folks in utah and boulder which is a little bit different mindset and just aligned more with the company we were building and, and sort of my mindset what does investor payback look like how does that work? Small companies want to know. They don't know how to pay back investors. Dan invests in companies that never pay back. That's the way it seems, definitely. Like he won't push it at all. <laughs> another year, um, another year. It's one yeah, of the, no, it's I a mean, bad cycle. Let's wait till the next cycle. <laughs> we'll pay back our investors when we, upon exit. That's the plan. That's what they're expecting. That's what we're working toward. And yeah. Is that, is that the right, I mean, is that what you're looking for on that regard or you want more detail or what are you thinking? I mean, it's fine if that's the answer. So you took in 2.2 million 10 years ago and your investors are waiting for a liquidity event to get paid back, to get a correct. payout. I mean, yeah, correct. It wasn't, it wasn't quite 10 years ago when, when we raised that ma- that money, but yeah. When do you expect to sell? What's your, what's your liquidity event uh, timeline look like? I'd be remiss to to say a date there's always inbound stuff coming my way we'll just say that and we look at opportunities as as they come we're, we're growing really fast and there's just a lot of things that we're doing that people find interesting so but i i do not know when it's okay i'm not holding your feet to the fire how do you handle the growth i mean that's what we're about figuring out different ways that companies can be capital efficient run their business as well, but also scale healthy. How do we handle the growth? You know, we hire conservatively for the most part. We, we wait until we're feeling just a little bit of pain before we bring on a new a new human. We've got close tabs on our spend. I'm sort of stating the obvious, but, and you know, our, our business is, it just takes a little bit longer to grow or it has in the past. And COVID was really, really beneficial for ChatterUp in the long run. Like once COVID started to kind of clear up a bit, we saw significant growth just in the demographics that we're, we're using Cheddar Up and we're sort of had a jump start on like, oh, right, we need to be online. That's what everyone expects now. So that was sort of one of the bigger impetuses for our recent growth in the last few years. But no, it's just, you know, I'm a pretty conservative leader as it comes to spending money, which is why we're so capital efficient because I did not enjoy raising capital. But for us, there's only so many places to stick funds to grow faster, right? We've got certain marketing channels that work really well for us and we're a software company. So we can we can run really efficiently. So that, yeah, is one just people, really... that is one thing people don't think about very often is having limited places where you actually can allocate capital, right? So like uh, people 
can sometimes get over focused on how much they can raise. And then they're like, okay, cool. But how do you deploy that capital as efficiently as possible? And that's where some people fall short. Yeah. I think that's a real early founder mistake and it's super legitimate. It's like exactly what you just said. That's amazing that you just raised a $20 million round. What do you have any idea what you're going to do with it? Do you have any idea if how you spend it is actually going to result in a return? Like most people don't and they're planning on figuring it out. And just sometimes that doesn't go the way you plan. And I think it's also interesting, the businesses that you went after. I think a lot of those businesses that you went after is very smart because a lot of them are probably neglected. Said, hey, I see an opportunity, you know, in these businesses because no one's paying attention to them. You know, the PTAs, the Girl Scouts. The junior know, varsities. The junior varsities. You know, everybody wants to That's right. with the quarterback from the varsity team. They're leaving <laughs> that, the junior, the yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. And there's some pluses and minuses with the demographic we serve. We love, obviously, we love the demographic we serve. It's it's fun to wake up every day. They appreciate us. We appreciate them. But you're exactly right. Like it's it's not the easiest demographic to acquire. We've really established a brand in the market, but the reality is it just takes time to acquire an this user demographic and to create a brand presence amongst it. So it's taken a little bit of time. It's it's becoming a flywheel, which is exciting, but it's not easy, right? People, you know, sometimes people are like, what are you going to do if so-and-so comes and does the same thing? And of course, that's always possible. Like, great. In, in your space, from, from what we saw, I think, you know, you're, you're touching businesses that you got to have an actual relationship with. So I think you're a little more, you know, sealed in than just somebody coming in and trying to copycat you. You know, because yeah. all everything that I looked at, I'm like, all right, you need a relationship with all these people before you uh, just jump in there for them to trust you. You know, and I think you built that trust with them. And that's why they stay yeah. with you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We did build that trust. And we also built the platform because we really are a great deal of software and special features that just these folks need. You know, we've been spending years interacting with and thinking about what they need. So it's not just really are a great deal of software that sits on top of very important payments. And how do you balance? You said you had two children, right? How do you balance being a businesswoman and being that, you know, if anybody's out there listening to this, another businesswoman, they say, hey, I have a family also at home. How do I juggle that life? How do I juggle saying, hey, I'm a business owner, phone never stops, emails never stop, someone always needs something. And then you got to take the kids to soccer practice, baseball practice, everything else. How do you juggle that life? What's that golden nugget that you can give other women. Well, the punchline is that there's no golden nugget, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> something's got to give. And, you know, is there balance? Be, I don't know. It might not be a silver bullet, but there's there's always there's always an angle. There's always a different way of looking at things that that help people get that balance in their life. I mean, there's always something. Yeah, it's really important. I mean, it's really important to me, um, like it is most parents. And, and for me, it's really been just prioritizing. And I do have to sacrifice some things, right? Like priorities in my life are my kids, my company, and my sweet husband, you know, fits in there sometimes. In that and- order? <laughs> I'm not gonna not in that okay. order. I won't All say right. the order. All right. I won't I say the order. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but but real in reality, like that's kind of it. That's all I have room for. Like I don't I don't do a ton with friends. There's a ton of stuff that I don't do because I just don't have time. And it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit one of those top three categories. I think you just have to prioritize. Like that's, that's what's worked for me, but I'm okay with it. Like I'm totally fine with it. And I have to have friends who understand, you know, that I've got these priorities and, you know, they kind of work, they work around my crazy life. And I appreciate those people for that. 
And, um, I mean, I think in the first, in the early years, it was really hard because my kids, I mean, honestly, I have a daughter who just graduated from high school. So it's crazy. My kids are, and I have a junior in high school, so they're older now, but when I started Cheddar Up 10 years ago, obviously they were much younger and it was, it was a little bit more painful then to, to be so busy because, you know, it was like, oh, I missed the teacher conference. Shoot. And the earlier years were just like manic. It was just like, you know, I was in San Francisco a ton for accelerators and all kinds of madness. So it's gotten easier, you know, as I've grown our team and as I have more control over my schedule, that prioritization hack becomes easier. So what's next in your scaling journey? Oh gosh, well, this is this is a year of building for Cheddar Up. We've, we've released a lot of really cool, big features and we're still releasing some some this fall. Like we just, I don't know, this will resonate with you at all, but we just, um, in the spring, we released a sign-up feature. So if you've ever used a sign-up platforms to vol- sign up for volunteering for this and for that, we do payments and forms. And so we released a new sign-up form um, which sounds like a not really a big feature, but it's actually surprisingly complicated. So we released that in the spring. Users love it. They now can just use our platform instead of our platform plus another platform. We're launching ticketing in a matter of weeks, which will allow our users to to kind of have bigger events. They already use Cheddar Up for events, but now they can do it with QR codes and check in in our app and all the things. And then we've got a couple other features planned for the fall. And and next year is really going to be more about you know, optimizing revenue, adding a couple new revenue streams, focusing a bit more on partnerships. We partner with a lot of big Girl Scout councils all around the country. And so we'll be expanding those um, and, and kind of thinking a little bit more out of the box as it relates to partnerships. That sounds like an angle to me, focusing on partnership, partner focused. So if someone, Nicole, wants to find you and wants to work with Cheddar Up, how do they get a hold of you? Just go to cheddarup.com. You can also, you know, go to iOS or Android and download our app. But if you want the full power of Cheddar Up and you've got a group to organize or collect money from, just go to cheddarup.com, create an account. You can start collecting for free. We will put that website in the show notes. Nicole, thank you for being our part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. And we will see you soon. Cheers. Thank you.